And welcome to another episode of the Lone Recruiter Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Clementson, and if you're a recruiter out on your own or just lacking general guidance or support, you've come to the right place. Our episodes are designed to give you the motivation, the strategies, and the mentorship you need to become the very best Lone Recruiter. So join us, grab a cup of coffee, and let's take your desk to another level. Now, today, we're joined by Michelle White from Empowered Decision. Welcome. Good morning, Brett. Very good. Uh, very good morning, although it's a little smoky outside. Uh, we're on our quest to interview 100 recruiters, the same five questions to find out what the secret sauce might be. Now, Michelle is a very special guest because I've known her <laughs> for how long now? 16 years. And yeah, probably. Yeah, you're making you, me feel very young saying that, so let's just... Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, you wouldn't know. You, would, you look the same age as me. If you follow this podcast and you're, <laughs> loving the, and you're loving the material that we're coming out with, she's the godmother of specialist recruitment. In that, 16 years ago, I flew to Perth for my very first day of recruitment mm-hmm. induction. And who was there to greet me? Michelle. Michelle trained me for a full week. And my word was a good training. Um, and it stuck with me. 16 years later, I am still doing the same market, still operating in the same way and having having better years year on year than I've ever had. And Michelle has largely to thank for that. Um, so now, Empowered Decision, why I've got you on, you're not an active recruiter, but you train so many recruiters, it's, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And the amount of million dollar billers I've seen you develop is astronomical. And if you're listening today, you need to speak to Michelle. Listen to this episode. Listen to the gold. If you're a if you're a manager of a of a recruitment agency, or you just want some more support yourself, contact Michelle. She will give you the advice. She'll 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 nail the development and training. She'll crack you over the face when you're doing stupid things. Um, <laughs> she's my north star. Welcome, Michelle. So let's get into it. I I normally ask wow, people for the Brett. sixty seconds. I know, and I've just done all the talking, and I've just done the pitch, but. Do you want to add anything to that? What is, what is, I have zero more to add to that. <laughs> it was a pretty yeah, good intro, wasn't it? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And thank you so much for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think there's a lot of legs in terms of my background because I started recruiting in the early 90s. Um, and I looked the other day, I had gone through five recessions in my recruitment career. So I think, um, yeah, that, that gives you that kind of resilience in that market, which I think is so amazing. But yeah, I, I went up that traditional route of stumbling into recruitment like everybody else and um, spent about four years behind a desk until an opportunity came along to train in the company internally. And I did that whilst managing a team of five. So in the old days, working till like 11.30 at night wasn't odd for us because I used to train a 30-day program and then mentor people after that and then also had my own IT team that I ran. So I used to manage them at night. So when I stopped training at the end of the day, um, I took one of them each, um, each day of the week and just managed them. So, yeah, it was hard yards in those days, but, yeah, it makes you tough. So mm. my, my experience is a combination of recruitment experience, corporate training, sitting at desk, helping people, building people. So, yeah, it's in the blood. It's very in much the blood. So. Well, we, I know we could talk literally for hours on this, um, but we hours. don't have hours. <laughs> we have 10 minutes. Let's get and stuck I, in. And when I, yeah. when I prepped you for this, you were like, oh, my goodness, 10 minutes. Is that for half a question? What, what is this? So... The depth, what she wants to go deep, but let's just go. <laughs> I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask that first question. So, 
KPIs, mm. some people love them, mm. some people hate them. But if you had one to measure your desk, to go, where are we? Where, where yeah. are we right now? What is that metric? For me, it's managing your pipeline. Um, I think that it's an incredible business tool and a self-management tool that you at every point in time know exactly where your business is. So I'm a big fan of creating some kind of visual where you get a really realistic picture about your business because I think we can go through days being really busy but at the end of the day not achieving much. So that pipeline for me helps people with, with less experience. So if you're newer to recruitment, what that pipeline really says to you as an indicator is it shows you your fault lines and your breakpoints because I think throughout the process there are critical points. And when you look and manage that pipeline, you see where your fine-tuning points are. So I think as a new consultant, it's a really valuable tool. And then for people that are really experienced, for me, you become that self-manager where you're both the producer and the person who regulates what it is that you're doing in your business. And if you have a pipeline, you become very predictive in your business. So you look at things like identifying, attracting um, your talent, which obviously is, as we all know, the superpower of a recruiter, um, to make sure that those people get converted and then look at your next break point, which is your interview process, which is a very, very important part of it. And your moment of truth is, am I hitting my market? Am I understanding what my market's looking at? And then your conversion rate from interview to placement. So for me, in, in one word, if you asked me to just put one concept down, it's just realistically looking at that progression of all of your deals um, as a very strong KPI. And are you suggesting... And if that probably, answers it for you? Well, it does. I mean, what's the KPI that matters most? You're just saying, well, I, I just want to see the pipeline. And I know how you operate with the triangle logic, and mm. uh, but there's probably other ways people track pipelines. You just want to... Just, just crystallize what you said. You just want to be able to see in a in in one shot, like mm. what's the flow of deals? Have you what's impending? Mm. What's in second interview? What's in first interview? What are the jobs? Where are the, what are the new candidates look like? Is that what yeah. you mean? And it should be like mm. a funnel. Mm. Yeah, it just gives you a very realistic picture of where you're at because mm. if you don't know where you're at, you don't know where to put the emphasis. Because sometimes in your business. You need to be generating new business. Other times you need to be closing off a lot of things that are sort of at that midpoint. And it just shows you everything really in real time. Um, and I, I really like that because I think that just, it just navigates you through your day. It just puts your head in the right space as well. Mm. Yep, yep, great. Mm. Um, great answer. Haven't had that answer yet, so I like that. Um, second question for you, and this one's going to kill you because I've seen your interview forms, but if you could only ask three questions in an interview, <laughs> what are they going to be? What oh, are those the three hardest questions? thing to answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think the first thing is whether the candidate can articulate their life experience, because I think in those life experience comes that proof of performance. So I'm very keen on a candidate telling their story because I think it gives an employer the comfort that they know what it is they need to be doing because they've done it before. So it's just preparing and going through that process with your candidate to ask them questions like, tell me about this project that you were involved in. What was your involvement in it? What did you do? Where did you kick the goals? What was the outcome of it? Um, and I think that that has become a very strong um, interview technique for, for clients in general, where they want to hear what people have done. So it's just that delivery of 
that for mm. me is those and, and there's a set of questions around that but as a concept that's for me really important the next thing is the drivers of the candidate that they base their decision on because everything comes back to that and it gives clarity to you to them when you are working with them in a process to say let's keep our eye on what really matters because you get contaminated by so many other things it's just to really nail those drivers and not from your perspective but from their perspective i think sometimes we understand the concept of asking a driver but we ask it like this what are the things that are going to drive your decision and the person says work-life balance and you go cool and you move on mm -hmm. it's really understanding what they mean by it because at the end of the day what happens is that they are going to decide what's important to them not what not what is important to you from an assumption perspective and I think the third thing for me is just really honing in on the expectations of the relationship um, what is it that I'm going to give you what do you want from me what do I need from you and just really getting to an agreement of how we're best going to navigate that process so it's mm. sort of that beginning middle and end kind of thing for me that's a great question that last one great question a lot of us a lot of recruiters mm. assume that you know They've got great advice and people are going to listen, but not always. The yeah, case. yeah. But it's also it's also based on what a candidate's gone through. You know, that some it's it's weird. They're thinking sometimes they say, I, I think I need three interviews before I make a decision or three options before I make a decision. Mm. And it's just that perspective that they have um, based on what they've experienced before. And just to go, OK, so let's talk about our relationship. And I think that comes down to that at the end of the day is how is this relationship going to benefit and work best for both of us? Um, mm. And then and then when you've got that expectation and the lines are clear, then it's good. You know, then there's that openness and that um, walking together, you know, instead Absolutely. of you always pulling you know, which is, right. which is not ideal. Yeah. No, I love it. I love it. Um, great. Okay. Third question for you. Let's say you go through the process and the offer come, what's your closing sequence or what's your closing question or, you know, how do you close a candidate? Well, my favorite last question is how are you going to be celebrating tonight? That's sort of how I, how I close that yeah. call. When you make that, I, that, that's the question. My first question is, Hey, it's me. How are you celebrating your new role tonight? You know, because I feel that there's a pre-close process for me that I work really hard at. And in that pre-close, you know, we, we were told that line many years ago of a decision is the elimination of alternatives. Mm. And I'm very strong in that, in that pre-close process where I look at everything that can go. So I do a very strong risk management, asking those questions, looking back at my process, what's missing, what am I not hearing? And I wanna be in a space with a candidate that they're really comfortable with closing being an, a, a natural end result of what it is that you're doing. It shouldn't be this massive event because there's too much emotion embroiled in it. So mm. I think if you go through it step by step and there's a consumption um, of it with the candidate, I think it works really well because, you know, we close deals all day long. So for us, it's like, here's the offer, close the deal kind of thing. And for people, it's a big decision and it's something that they need to get used to and feel that they own and they feel that they have control over. So my process is pre-close much stronger than the closing. The closing is the congratulations bit. You should know. You should know whether this is happening or not, right? Yeah, exactly. You, you, yeah. You, this shouldn't be what you do when you, when you release that number. It shouldn't be this. <laughs> it should be, of course, because we've done it, we've said it, we've discussed it. Yeah, you know that feeling. 
Yeah. That's the worst. Shouldn't sometimes be that it happens. It still happens sometimes. You're like, I just have to hit and hope on this one. Yeah. That's never a good place yeah, to be. Yeah, and I just think... And, and you know what? I think it's that urgency. We, we want get to get it done so quickly that we forget that there's that little bit of calm down in the middle and just mm-hmm. go, okay, let's just take a breath, see where we are, where are you? I don't want surprises. I don't want to hear new information when I'm releasing an offer. So I try and work really hard to get rid of all that um, stuff before the mm-hmm. offer comes in. Big time, big time. Okay, let's say we mm-hmm. close them, make the deal. You know, celebrate, we get excited, and then you get that call a week later from the candidate saying, I've been counter-offered. <laughs> what do you do? Oops. Yeah. I always say to consultants, there are very few issues that we can't resolve for you, and one of them is when you haven't prepared that candidate for the counter-offer and it comes at you. And I think from a psychological perspective, when you get that bad news then, and you haven't had conversations with a candidate to reverse out of that process puts you as a recruiter in a very tight spot because I think, and I can hear it, I can hear when, when a consultant's talking to somebody, they've got so much pressure that they start fighting for the deal and the candidate can feel that. And it's sort of the relationship gets a, a little bit tarnished at that point because they feel that you're in it for yourself now and that you're not supporting them in their decision. So I like taking it again, I like taking it back Um, to a point where there's a bit of love between a candidate and a client, and I can see that the process is going towards that final stage, I make a conversation time with a candidate and say to them, and this is for me a coaching thing, this is an added service for me, where you put them in that spot, and some of them have gone through counter-offices, and some of them haven't. So if they have gone through the process, it's just that reminder, but if they haven't, just say to them, this is why it happens. This is when it happens. This is what you're going to be feeling. This is what you're going to be experiencing. And your objectivity is really important because you need to build credibility at that point where the candidate really understands that you are giving them that information to act in their best interest. So I do a pros and a cons. I say to them, there are counter offers that we've seen that have been beautiful and that have worked out perfectly, but then you are um, at risk in certain points. And just to point out those risks so that they're just informed. And when they go through the process and they see that you've, you've pretty much mapped and visualized with them what it's going to look like, there's a lot of trust in them coming back to you saying, all right, it happened exactly like you told me it's going to happen. And that's when they ask your advice. But if you come in cold and you're trying to save it without any context, I think that's where it, it doesn't work. So mm. for me, there's a pocket and there's literally a 20, 30 minute conversation with that candidate when it's not relevant to say, if this happens, I want you to be ready, armed, stay in control of your decision, whatever decision you make. These are the things that you need to look out for. Because almost always a, a counter offer is emotional, right? It feels oh. it feels very emotional. Oh. And so when yeah, they're in, that, in that, that decision-making mode of, I'm out, I need a new job, I really want to leave, mm. they're on your side with that conversation. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and forearmed is forewarned, right? Or is forewarmed is mm. forearmed. How's that expression go? Yeah, whichever way around, yeah. Which, yeah. yeah. And yeah. also, I think that if you know what's going to come at you, if you know that there's either going to be, you know, that emotional response to, to your resignation, um, that emotion of um, why are you doing this to me? So there's very often that anger or there's, um, there's mm-hmm. a disbelief or the um, we're going to fix it, whatever the case may be. That's when you get embroiled because you've got a relationship with the person that you're working with. 
and they know what buttons to push too, you know. Yeah. So I think it's really important for candidates to stay, and this is the message, to stay in control of the decision that is best for you and your, your career um, rather than being influenced by people around you. But but to then being be able to absorb all that emotion that comes at you and mm-hmm. staying, in, staying in the lane, you know. And sometimes it. it is a good idea. Sometimes you, you, you can't argue it. You know what I'm saying? But they need to understand that they weren't swept along in the wave. Mm-hmm. They understood what was happening. They understood the process. It was just rational. And the more you can remove that emotion, the more rational the decision becomes. So I think that that's crucial is to take them through that journey and, again, spend time with them to explain the everything, the, the motivation mm-hmm. of the clients, the intention of them, what they're going to come at. And the points, Brett, for me are so important because people think that if you aren't counter-offered a resignation, it's not going to happen. And we know there's a day five or a day seven where they come at you. There's a week before you leave the organization. Some people have been counter-offered as, they, as they've left the organization within those first two weeks when they're still mm-hmm. settling down in a new role. So they need to understand all those points. Mm-hmm. And it's like, not something that people know necessarily. No. And I like that line that you said, which is like, I just want you to know what's going to happen and, and what is happening mm. to you. Um, mm. Yeah, mm. it's a huge conversation. That was amazing. That, I mean, this again, yeah. so, so much, so many layers to it. Um, last question for you. And recruitment is a roller coaster. Hopefully, if you're looking at your pipeline and you've got a good, good eyes on that and you're doing all the right pieces. Your your roller coaster is not as high and low, but it happens. So how do you pull yourself out of yeah. the slump? Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Um, for me, it's just that realization that you're not just defined by your deals. It, it's that's not what makes you holistic in, and happy in recruitment. It's like it's it's such a big part of it, and it's a measure, but it's not everything. So when you are in that bit of a lull or in a bit of a, a bad pocket, I think going back to having conversations with people that you built relationships with. To me, that is ultimately, you know, you never get sick of of congratulating people because you've done something good and you've impacted good, and that's candidates and clients. So just to go, you know what, I'm not gonna be in sales mode, I'm not gonna look at my sales at the moment, I feel a bit crappy about everything, I'm just gonna have conversations with people. Hey, what's happening in your life? How are you? What's happening in the industry? Just that and break that rhythm of going, if I'm not doing that activity or if I'm not doing that deal and you're in that lull, there's no point in pushing it because Mm. I think you just make it worse. So I think just stepping back a bit and going, okay, read your recommendations, read the the testimonials that you receive from people and just go and look at your worth holistically in people's lives and the relationships that are, have been, have been there for years because you know, you, you develop that, which is fabulous where people, you know, when you call somebody and they go, hi, Michelle, how are you? You know, because you on that, you on that call number. So for mm. me, that that is really important when when things dip a bit is just to go back to the good things because there are a lot of them. And I think we miss them sometimes and sit in that pocket for a bit. Yeah, I, I did an episode not that long ago called the yellow post-it note of courage. And it's the same thing. Just, yes. just have your successes. Yes. There. And just just when you're having a tough call or a yes. moment, read it and go, oh, I feel good. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love yeah, it. Exactly that. You've got enormous impact on people. 
you know, mm. and you need to you need to cherish that and you need to celebrate that. And there's so much good. And, you know, we get a lot of flack sometimes um, in terms of how recruiters present out there. And at the end of the day, if you look at it, there are people that have done amazing things for organizations and for individuals. And and, and you are part of that. So mm. it's a big that's a big tap on the shoulder for me with that. Love I love it. I love it. That's look. We're at twenty minutes, and this is a long episode. Probably the longest episode we've done with show. I expected no it to way. be longer with you we on here. Even so scratch the surface. I know. I know. If you want to scratch the surface further, call Michelle. Call Laura. Empowered decision. They're going to change you and your in your uh, recruitment agency's uh, life. They can they can get you guys from X to Y, and you will be very thankful. It's very affordable too. Um, Michelle, that's all we have time for you today. Um, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Uh, you, if you've Brent. got anything out of today's episode, please like it, share it, give us a review. Um, it's going to be all over the socials. Um, this one's a great episode. So let's go, team. Uh, thank you. Have an amazing day. And as always, may all your deals come true.